I'm going to start a series today called All In. Everyone say All In. And uh, I'm going to be really talking about the joy of giving God everything. And I'm not talking about finances, but I'm talking about a relationship with Christ. A real relationship with Jesus. And this is really going to be the theme of our year. It's going to be everything that I teach on this year. Um, Because here's kind of my big thought. I, I think that so many have believed a lie that going all in with Christ is impossible. But I've come to tell somebody being half hearted is torture. All in, impossible, no, half-hearted, miserable. (laughs) And I really do believe that walking with Jesus every day, loving Jesus, uh, is the absolute necessity of our life. And it's really where the joy is. It's where the peace is. It's where the life is. So I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to use some Bible characters throughout this series. And uh, I think it's really going to build your faith. Let's pray. Father, speak to us now. Thank you for your word and Lord for anyone whose team won yesterday we rejoice and for any team who lost we weep with those who weep jesus name amen okay we're done we're done we're done we're done did your team win yesterday or did they all right i did not see the ravens losing i just did not see that happening okay okay stop 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 we gotta go Here's how Jesus describes our relationship with him. He said, love me with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. I love how he says it in the Passion Translation. Uh, love me with the passion of your heart, with the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. That's the great and supreme commandment. The second is just as important, though. Love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Contained within these two commandments, to love, you will find all the meaning of the law and prophets. The moment you separate the Bible from love, you've missed the whole point of the Bible. And if the Bible is not leading you to loving God and loving your neighbor, you've, you've, you've missed the text completely. If, if your relationship with Jesus is not leading to a greater love for him and a greater love for people around you, you got the wrong Jesus. You might have Jesus, but you don't got Jesus. Y'all know what I'm saying? You might have somebody else. And so the call of Jesus is to be all in. He said, follow me. To have a life-changing relationship with him that goes beyond Sunday. Okay, the joy of following Jesus is a relationship with Jesus. Wow. The joy of following Jesus is the relationship with Jesus. I've been walking with God now for 21 years. And here's what I know. There is no joy like knowing Jesus. Yeah, there's just none. In John chapter 4, there's a woman who understood church. She was religious. She knew what to do on a Sunday, but she had no relationship with God, and her life was a mess. Jesus tells her, you understand the formality of worship. You understand religion. You understand the do's and don'ts. You understand the rules. But if you could just ever learn to worship God in spirit and in truth, here's Jesus's Uh, prophecy to her, and it's his prophecy to us, you will never thirst again. If you could figure out this relationship thing, all of your cravings for the world would disappear. And so that's what I want to try to build into your heart. I want to build into your heart that this goes so beyond Sunday when it becomes the very lifestyle, it becomes the very core of our being. 
And so I'm going to be talking about this a lot throughout the year. But I want to I look at this one passage in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 9. After, uh, once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah stood up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly, and she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. Everyone say back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord. I will never cut his hair. And as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her, seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound. He thought she had been drinking. She was so overwhelmed that she couldn't even talk. And he goes, this girl, this girl must be drunk. Must you come to God's house drunk? Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger. But I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. Well, in that case, Eli said, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant your request you have asked him. Look at this passage one more time in verse 10. If you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, I will give him back to you. I want to talk about this amazing woman named Hannah who prayed for a son that she would have named Samuel. And I want to preach from this subject, I promise to share. I promise to share. I promise. I promise to share. Father, speak now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, this woman um, cannot get pregnant. Now, in today's world, that hurts. In today's world, that is sad. And in today's world, there are many couples who are not only trying to get pregnant, but trying to adopt. And obviously, that process can be very challenging, either one. Uh, but in Bible days, when you could not get pregnant, it was beyond just grieving. It was shameful. It was uh, people looking down on you, people talking about you, people telling you you were cursed, people telling you... God had forsaken you, people telling you God was against you, and uh, maybe if you were just married to one person, and you and that husband couldn't get pregnant, you know, maybe there was some underlying thinking of, well, maybe it was the guy, maybe it's me, we don't really know, but in this culture, uh, men married multiple women, so Hannah's husband had other wives who had babies, so we know the issue was not Elkanah, her husband, the issue was Hannah. And everybody knew it. Everybody knew she had an issue, and everybody could see it. That's a terrible day to be alive. It's one thing to have an issue that you're covering up. It's one thing to have an issue that only a few of your good friends know. But it's a different issue when the whole world knows it. And in Bible days, they would have thought she was cursed. They would have thought God was mad at her. God was angry with her. But here's what she does. She prays, and she gets results. And I want to give you three things from this that I believe will give you a breakthrough. Number one, you got to get to Shiloh. Get to Shiloh. The Bible said she ate and went to Shiloh. Shiloh was the place of the presence of God. This is before Jerusalem. This is before the temple. This is when they would set up the tabernacle in like a tent. And at this time in history, it was in Shiloh. It was the presence of God. Shiloh literally means the place of rest and the place of peace. You know what I want to tell every person real quick before I even get started? In 2020, you need a Shiloh. 
I don't know if it's a room. I don't know if it's your office. I don't know if it's your car. I don't know if it's the shower. I don't know if it's the closet under the stairs where you hide from your children. But you need a Shiloh. You need a place of rest. You need a place where you can get alone, away from everybody, and have an encounter with God. Shiloh was the place where the presence of God dwelt, and she got to Shiloh. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, get to Shiloh. Get to Shiloh. Hannah needed a miracle. Hannah was desperate. Hannah was broken, and Hannah knew she needed to get to Shiloh. Here's what's amazing about Hannah's whole situation. She never complained. She cries, she grieves, she isn't in denial about her emotions or her current state of affairs, but she refused to complain. Complaining is an amazing word in the Greek language, like when Paul says in Philippians 2, in everything you do, do it without complaining. This word complaining literally means to have a secret debate in your heart. Uh, Reminds me of the book of James when it says a double-minded man cannot stand. Just because you're not saying it doesn't mean you're not feeling it. (laughs) And before a complaint ever leaves your mouth, it's built in your heart. And Hannah refused to have a secret debate, a secret dialogue in her heart. She kept going after God. She refused negativity. She refused complaining. She refused to say, woe is me. She refused to seek attention, but rather she went and hid in the presence of God and said, God, I'm gonna need a miracle because I cannot get this any other way. I'm gonna need you to come through and break through in my life. So I'm gonna go all in in the presence of God. I'm gonna go all in in prayer. Half-hearted devotion is not going to get Get me where I need to go in 2020. I'm getting to Shiloh. I'm getting to the presence of God. I'm making room for God. I'm making a room for God. And I believe that when I get there, God's going to meet me there. Come on, get to Shiloh, everybody. Say amen. She knew she needed Shiloh. And I want to tell you, you need a Shiloh, a place of rest, a place of peace, a place where your phone doesn't go. Where Instagram is not allowed. Uh, Where Facebook is illegal. Where email notifications do not go off and text messages don't ring in your ear. It's a quiet place. It's a peaceful place. It's a place where not only do you get God's attention, but more importantly, God gets your attention. And I love this about Hannah because she went to Shiloh before she was pregnant. And she went to Shiloh after she had the baby. In the good times, she needed Shiloh. And in the bad times, she needed Shiloh. In the good times, she knew she needed God. And in the bad times, please don't get so successful that you forget about your Shiloh. Don't use Shiloh as a tool to get what you want. And then when you get what you want, you forget the one thing you really need. Don't get so blessed that you get a boat and all of a sudden on the weekends now, you don't have time for the house of God because you got your boat now. I love your boat. I hope you'll invite me to go on your boat. But don't forget about Shiloh. Uh, Shaven, it's the beginning of the year. Why you got to go there already? Wait till April. No, I'm going to go right now. Okay. Seasons change. Life changes. People change. God does not change. Shiloh does not change. I've been walking with God, I said, 21 years. I've had a lot of transition, a lot of change. One thing hasn't changed, the presence of the Lord. 
It is a familiar place. It is a peaceful place. It is a beautiful place. It is a wonderful place. It is, it is the place that I can always go to and know that things are going to be okay, that God is for me, that I hear his voice, that I sense his presence. It is the Shiloh place. It is the quiet place. It is the peaceful place. Come on, one more time, everyone say, get to Shiloh. Get to Shiloh. If you want peace, if you want consistency, if you want an anchor, if you want a solid rock to place your feet, you got to get to Shiloh. Uh Get to the presence of God. It is in Shiloh that God will keep you encouraged in the dark seasons. And it is in Shiloh that God will keep you grounded in the good seasons. I don't know everything that 2020 holds, but I know who holds it. And I know a lot's already going on. I mean, we're just a couple of days in, and we've got, we've got conflict with Iran. We've got fires burning in Australia. We've got, you know, politicians being politicians. We've got a lot of stuff happening already. We're just 12 days in. It's looking like it might be a little bit of an adventurous year. Can I, can I tell you what we need more than anything? We need Shiloh. Can I tell you what our nation needs? It needs a praying church, not just a posting church, a praying church. I don't know if you're a Democrat or Republican. I do not care, but I hope you pray more than you pose. And that's what our nation needs right now. That's what our president needs right now. That's what those 4,000 troops that we've sent overseas need right now. They need our covering. I'm talking about Shiloh, y'all. And may City Light always be a Shiloh, a place of rest and a place of peace. I don't know, I don't know what's going on in my life, but if I could just get to that to that crazy church with that crazy preacher and that crazy worship team. I know, I know I can get answers. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Shiloh number two. A good life will always try to replace the God life. This is, this is amazing because Hannah um, is, uh, is very discouraged and very broken and she's hurting and uh, you got to love her husband. Man, wives, you got to love us. We're awesome. But you got to pray for us. Because here's, here's, here's Elkanah's, the, the husband. Here's, uh, and she should have known better when she married an Elkanah. But anyway, she, uh, here's what he says to her in verse 8. She can't have babies. And, and here's what he says. But you have me. Aren't I more than 10 sons? Come on, babe. Check. Come on, baby. What a dude thing to say, huh? Like, just what a, but baby, you got me, baby. Help him, Lord, help him. And can I tell you, I think in life, there's always going to be the voice of Elkanah saying, settle. Why are you believing for that? Why are you dreaming for that? Why are you pressing in for that? Why are you, why are you trying to get that? Just settle. You got me. Why are you believing for more? You already got this. Why are, you, why, are you, why are you believing God to really bless you in 2020? I mean, it's already pretty good. And pretty good will replace good, and good will replace God. Well, you got me. Aren't I enough? And that, that voice of settling will actually try to guilt you right out of faith. Why press in? Why believe? Why go all in? Why tithe? Why, go, why be in God's house? Why pray bold prayers? Why pray radical prayers? Why really, why really go after the Lord? I mean, just be good with this. Settle. Here's the amazing thing about settling. It literally means 
to give in to the gravitational pull. <laughs> Can I just tell you that everything in your life is just trying to get you to settle, to just go low, to just not reach for your dream, to just not believe for more, to, to, to not get your hopes up, and to, to look at your life, and there's, you, you need to absolutely be grateful for everything in your life, and yet at the same time, believe God for everything that's in your heart. Did y'all just hear me? Be grateful for everything in your life while still believing God for everything in your heart. You got to learn that. You got to learn how to, how to navigate that. I'm so grateful. And yet we're believing for more. Huh. And I'm not believing for more just to have more stuff. I want more legacy. I want more impact. I want more reach. I want to help more people. I want to encourage more people. I want to love more people. I want to help more people. This isn't, about, this isn't about more stuff. It's not just about another car or another house or another investment or another this or another that or another TV. Or it's, it's, about, it's about reaching for more, to help more, to believe God for more, to do more. But y'all, I'm just telling you, and man, it comes quick, settle. And settling is easy because you're just giving to the pool. Right? So that's why the vast majority of New Year's re resolutions will, are already broken, actually, in our nation. They're already broken. And, the, and, and the, any leftover are usually broken by March. Why? Because it's just easy to just give in to the gravitational pull of settling, of just enough. Look, look I, I've always been amazed by this with the people of Israel. When they were in Egypt, they didn't have enough. It was the land of not enough. But then they got into the wilderness, and it was the place of just enough. But here's what's amazing about that. They had more, think about this, they had more in the wilderness than they had in Egypt, and yet they desired to go back to Egypt, to go back to just, go back to their gravitational pull of, this is how we've always done it. This is how it's always been in our family. This is how I've always been. This is how this is the kind of emotions I've always given into. This is the kind of temptation I've always and it's just easy to just give into the gravitational pull. To just settle for, well, baby, you got me. <laughs> and I don't know what that Elkanah voice is in your life. Oh, but man, it'll, it'll cause you to settle because settling is so much easier. It's just easy to just keep the addiction. Yeah. It's just easy to keep the insecurity because you've actually learned how to live your whole life through the insecurity now. Woo. You've, you've learned how to live your whole life through the fear. You've learned how to live your whole life through the prejudice. You've learned how to live your whole life through the lust. You've learned how to live your whole life with the addiction. You've learned, so, so now to break out of it, you're gonna have to break out of that gravitational pull that's trying to bring you back in. And I'm just telling you, you've got this dream in your heart, but there's Elkanah and you're going, baby, settle, you got me. Oh man, and you're gonna have to resist that voice and believe for more. Oh man, a good life will always try to replace the God life. Settle, stagnate, 
get stuck. But y'all, you're going to have to decide. Let me just say it like this. Your life will, will be constantly in a gravitational pull trying to pull you down. But what lifts you out of it is prayer. I love how Psalm 141 says it. He said, let my prayer arise like the sacrifice. Let my prayer arise like incense. So life is trying to pull me down. Life is trying to get me to settle for the good life instead of the God life. But my prayer life is lifting me up, pulling me out of limitations, pulling me out of easy, pulling me out of routine, pulling me out of mundane. And it is taking me into the God life, the good life, the, the, the great life that God has for me. And it's going to be my prayer that's going to lift me up. All in living is going to require prayers that goes beyond the limitations of your surroundings. In other words, you're going to have to learn how to pray bigger than your current situation. Can I get an amen from somebody? You're going to have to pray prayers that would, like Hannah, you're going to have to pray them quiet. Because you would be embarrassed for anybody to hear how big you're praying. I can't even pray this one out loud. I'm going to have to be in small group talking about, I'm going to have to give a, a, a unspoken prayer request. Because if I told y'all jokers what I'm believing God for, you would laugh in my face. But I got some big things in my heart. And my gravitational pull is pulling me down. And my surroundings are telling me this is too big. But something in my spirit says, I think I have a Samuel in me. Hannah prayed beyond the limits of her surroundings. Prayed beyond the expectation of her husband. Prayed beyond the faith of her priest. And her prayer got the attention of Almighty God. And so will yours. I'm going all in this year. I have decided in my heart, I refuse to pray a prayer in 2020 that is so small that if God answered it, we wouldn't even know if it was God or me. I'm just done praying safe prayers. Lord, be with me today. That's going, yep, that's already, that's good. You're good. You're good. That was going to happen. Lord, bless us this year. Yep, that's going. I'm talking about some big, bold, specific prayers. Prayers that would make you red in the face if you had to say them out loud. Prayers that if anyone saw your prayer list, people might chuckle at you. Prayers that, you know, you can't even really tell your spouse about because they're so great. But I'm talking about big, bold prayers that are going to take Almighty God to intervene where you're going to have to pray to the Lord of Heaven's armies and say, God, I'm going to need you to move in my life because without you, this thing cannot happen. And so I'm believing you for bigger and I'm, and I'm refusing the good life. And all that I want this year is the God life that you have for me. It's going to be scary. It's going to be big. It's going to be beyond me, but that's right where I want to be in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen from somebody? Come on, can we believe God for some big things? Why don't you dream again? Why don't you pray again? Why don't you you fast again, speak in tongues again, confess again, decree again, declare again, believe God for some great things in Jesus' name? Lastly, number three. Give it back to God. I promise I'll share. (laughs) 
verse 11, and she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, I will give him back to you. Hey, God, I promise to share. Over Christmas, Goldie got absolutely spoiled. She's three years old, and she's got aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas that love her and parents who love her. Amen. And um, she got a lot of stuff, and she's on the Elsa kick right now. And uh, so everything is Elsa, and everything is frozen. And uh, so her grandparents bought her, like, the hair, the dress, the lightsaber with that Star Wars. They got her something. They got her the shoes. I mean, they got, and she is Elsa. She's Elsa. And uh, her little cousin Zoe came over the other day. Goldie's three and Zoe's two. And and Zoe wanted to wear that dress and that hair. And the shoes and the whole thing. And so we had to forcibly remove it from Goldie's body. And we had to teach this poor little three-year-old about sharing. And then we placed it on that little two-year-old, and she just was so, I walked in the house, I said, Zoe, you look so pretty. She goes, no, I'm Elsa. (laughs) And I walked in the house, and Goldie just walked up to me. I mean, just grieved, just. Dad, so I had to share the the outfit with Zoe, and she's wearing it. She's wearing my hair. She's wearing it. And you got to say, babe, you got you to share. Because you've got a million other toys around the house. Oh, and by the way, Goldie, we can buy you a million more of those outfits whenever that one tears or you outgrow it or if you still like it in a year. We're going, uh, we, we've got so much more supply than you have demand. Y'all just missed everything I just said. As much as greedy as that little three-year-old is, I have so much more supply than she has demand. And if she could ever just learn to share. So she had that little moment and the next morning we went to Target and we went down the frozen aisle because there's an aisle for frozen, amen. (laughs) Hello, there's an aisle for, and I say, girl, whatever you want. She said, I don't want this. No, 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 I want this, no, I want, and, and we bought too much stuff, and because, because I was so proud that she just learned how to share, so I had to give her more stuff, and y'all laugh, but Jesus said something like, give, if you could just learn how to share, give, and it will be given back to good measure. Here's what Jesus was saying. I promise you, I've got way more supply than you have demand. That's why the old preacher, R.W. Shambach, said it like this. You can outgive God. As another old gospel writer said, you can't beat God given. No matter how hard you try. I just want to tell you, to go all in is not to be fearful of losing out. So but going all in is just telling God, God, I promise to share. Yes. Yes. So Hannah said, hey, God, if you give me a baby, he's yours. Yes. 
He'll serve in the ministry. He'll serve in the house. He's yours, God. If you'll give him to me, I'll give him right back. I promise to share. Now, here's the amazing thing about giving. I ain't talking about money. I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about living life like this with God. I'm talking about attitudes. I'm talking about, I'm talking about secrets. I'm talking about issues. I'm talking about unforgiveness. I'm talking about, I'm talking about anything in your life that you, that, you want it, that you want it to be your little baby. You want it to be, just think about how foolish, next time you're struggling with that thing, just think about you wearing that little Elsa dress and maybe that'll just... <laughs> And you just and 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 you just go, okay, God, whatever, 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 Lord, if you'll give it to me, I, I promise to share. I promise. That's all. All in living is is just God. I promise to share. Here's what's amazing: anything you give to God does not leave your life. It it leaves your present goes into your future and multiplies. Let me say that again. Anything you ever give to God, for every serve team member that has been hustling at Silverado, all that time, it doesn't leave their life, it just leaves their present, goes into the future, and it multiplies. God will give them that time back, I promise you. Every tither who tithes, I ain't asking anyone new to tithe, that's between you and God. Any tither of this house, every time you give, it doesn't leave your life. It just leaves your present. It goes into your future and it multiplies. Prove it, preacher. Okay. Hannah gave Samuel to the Lord in a later chapter because she did get pregnant. God did give her a baby. God does answer prayer. God's going to answer your prayer. And God answered her prayer. She brought the boy back to the house and said, use him for the ministry. And Eli said, because you've done this, you're going to have more babies. And Hannah had five more children after Eli. (laughs) Because whatever you give to God multiplies. Whatever you give to God doesn't leave, it multiplies. Whatever you surrender to God doesn't leave, it multiplies. That's why when you give God your sin, your secret, your addiction, and he takes it and he breaks it and he blesses it and he multiplies it, and then he gives it back to you in the form of a testimony. And now you tell your world, this is who I was, then I met Jesus, this is who I am, because everything I give to God... So I was one addicted person, but now I'm going to set multiple addicted people free. I was one angry person, now I'm going to set multiple angry people free. I was one bound person, now I'm going to set a whole bunch of bound people free. Because I gave it to God. Come on, shout with me, 930. Come on. Hey. All in impossible, no. Half-hearted torture. <laughs> I'm going all in. So, so this is how I live my life. Hey, Lord, whatever, it's all yours. What do you want to, what do you, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? What do, you, what do you need me to say? What do you need me to do? Because I promise I'll share. And I know that I will never find the end of your supply. <laughs> 
can't, I can't outgive you. I can't beat you at your own game. You're too good at this. You're too good. I don't know if you've ever eaten with people that are generous and you don't just fight over the bill. They didn't even let the bill get there because they went, I gotta go to the bathroom and they leave during appetizers and give away their credit card to the waiter. They go, they go we're, we're barely getting water to the table and they've already handed the waiter, the waitress, the server, their credit card. Can I just say, God's always gonna beat you. You're gonna go, I think I got God this. No, I already beat you. I already got you. I already got you. I already got you. And I've told a lot of financial testimonies. I'm not gonna share one today. I'm just gonna tell you there's been times that I've given God so much that I've thought, I got you. And then I look and he already got the bill. He already. And I'm talking about in every area of my life. Hannah goes, I'll share. So Lord, here's our prayer. Let me have the team come. Father, here's our prayer. Whatever you want, it's yes. Whatever you ask, it's yes. Why don't you say that? Everyone say, whatever you want, it's yes. Whatever you ask, it's yes. I'm going all in this year in Jesus' name. Can you say amen, everybody? Clap those hands and give God some praise. I want to...